Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hey, this is Jeff Zog from the Dad Awesome Podcast. I love the Crazy Cool Family, and specifically, I hopped into Basecamp. All of these resources, the video resources, the specific guides that let me put the names of my daughters and my wife, and just showing me visually, hey, am I making progress? What areas can I attend more to? So I'm so thankful. I want to encourage you guys to hop into Basecamp, sign up, dive into those first intro videos. It's been so helpful for my family. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. Welcome to summer. And we are so summertime, ex- yes. summertime. And we are so excited because this summer we're going to do something special. We're going to talk to all of our we, uh, all of our kids in order. And the series is called The Summer Series. It'll be throughout the summer and it's called <laughs> Who Knows Your Kids Best? A series on how it can be you. So before we introduce Molly, Suzanne kind of tell them what Y'all's inspiration was for this. Yeah, so the heartbeat behind it is that as we share um, about our kids and as we have each of our kids on the podcast talking to you, our hope is that it will excite you or provoke you or... Uh, lead you to getting to know your kid better and pressing in. And it's almost like our kids are standing in the gap of your kids. Your kids might be three, four, five, six. They might not be old enough to talk to you about what they're thinking and feeling. But I have my 30, how old are you, Molly? 32. 32-year-old daughter here kind of as an advocate for your child of um, what is your firstborn thinking? What are they feeling? How can you connect with them? How are you disconnecting with them? And so that's what we're kind of excited about. Well, and also, I, I love it that our kids are talking about how we parented them from now their adult perspective. Yes. Or we, he's McCade 16. We get there. He's not quite an adult, but Molly's an adult. By the time you get there, she's a you mom. Might be yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's introduce Molly. So our oldest child, Molly, welcome to the podcast, Molly. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So everyone always says when they're a guest, I'm so happy to be here. It's such an honor. <laughs> Molly is a mom and she is, well, she's married too. She got married first, then became a mom. That was good. Learned, learned her mom. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be in that order, but it's most definitely best when it is. Yes. And so we, she has a three-year-old yes. little boy named Sebastian. Yep. And so I, I always say that Molly and I started our family and then we added Don. And so, um, and I just, and I also say that Molly was the perfect big sister to the six that came after her. Oh, absolutely. She, she led the way, she, um, paved the way for them to love each other, to love us as their parents, to love Jesus. She took on our worst parenting. Oh, most (laughs) definitely. Yes. Oh my goodness. You guys, there is great hope. No matter what kind of parent you are, there's no way you could have been parents like we were with Molly. And she has turned out amazing. She's amazing. And so, yeah. So live, learn from us. From our mistakes. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right. We'll share some of those with you. In the first decade of parenting. Parenting and and but let's just talk first about Molly. You know, so 
Well, Molly, how would you describe you? <laughs> like, um, especially as a little kid, uh, maybe through grade kid. school, yeah. Um, like, what do? How old do you? What's your first memory? Do you yeah, remember then, being little? You describe little? yourself, and we'll tell you whether you were right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should it be the other way around? That's from our perspective. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of the memories I have of my personality are because you guys told me stories, <laughs> and like even in the book, mom talks the story about how I laid down a blanket and I had to have all the bumps out or I even remember when mom would put my hair in a ponytail we mm. had to redo it hundreds of times I forgot about that I could not have any bumps like and it, I don't even know you know the style would go back and forth bumps no bumps and I just could not I think probably till 10 so and Molly has super straight black hair so super shiny like I had to rinse it with extra rinse water so it wouldn't be like residue yeah. of the soap but oh, oh yeah. my goodness over and over again I forgot about those we ponytails couldn't ever have bumps and then when this ugh, when the fad changed or the style changed and you had bumps yeah but I mean Big like all day I, at our house but yeah that's I, my personality yeah <laughs> no I bumps did, ever yeah I did your hair till you were oh you still do my hair <laughs> we were in Arkansas like a month ago and she french braided my hair so um I can do hardly anything with my own hair but I I mean I don't know if much has changed about my personality from when I was a kid till now I'm pretty organized big planner um, like, no, when she says pretty organized, she's like <laughs> super organized. Like everything is labeled in her house to the shampoo container in the uh, bathroom shower. It's, it's labeled with like a cool guest logo. <laughs> so it's cool and labeled. Yeah. And it looks well, beautiful. It's so satisfying to walk into her house. It's so satisfying. And it's so clean. The other days she had some cleaners come over and I walked in the house and I was like, what are they cleaning? <laughs> I mean, this bathrooms. House is, I hate this, is, this house is cleaner than any house I've ever been in. And what are the cleaners going to do? They're going to sit and watch TV <laughs> and, and charge you a hundred dollars. Well, and also Molly was always loved to be dressed up and loved yeah. the latest styles. You're a fashion major, but even then, you were a fashion major when you were six. Yeah, I because you really liked clothes, outfits. Yeah. I love to put outfits together, and I comparatively to my other like sisters, at least I'm not like artsy creative, so definitely can't sing, can't play musical instruments, and Madeline's just like overly fun and makes up gangs games and is so silly. I'm not like that at all. Or Mackenzie's like an artist, but I, even my friends now tell me like that was my creative outlet. I just, I just out love outfits and clothes and dad let me major in fashion close to home. So it didn't cost that much money. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember for my birthday, my grandma would take me to shopping. Like, that was my present. She would take me to Old Navy and to Target and let me spend $100, of clothes because that's what I loved. I remember the same. one <laughs> so. thing about Molly is I would walk out wearing something. Who knows what? And, you know, I was pregnant all the time, so I was constantly, you know, up and down in weight. Kind of walk out grateful that I found something that fit at that moment. And she would, like, look me up and down and just, like, shake her no, head Mom. no. <laughs> I, I remember multiple times being that? like, can you change your clothes? Yeah, can you change? <laughs> and then if I didn't, then she would be in a bad mood. Yeah. Like, she'd be like, oh, I can't yeah. stand being around. Well, and so know? there's another part when... 
what things put you in a bad mood. Oh, yeah. Like Very not, not eating. Yeah. Yeah, sensitive. eating, sleep, uh, yeah. yeah. When and, you made me eat breakfast. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or made me do math homework. That's a great firstborn thing because I never ate breakfast growing up as a kid, but Don always did. And so Don was more of the camp of breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You need okay. to eat it. At least eat something. I mean, my <laughs> and goodness. Well, and in, in his defense, it typically was always when we were like headed towards a basketball tournament and we had a game at like 9 a.m. And if I didn't eat, I wouldn't have energy. But for some reason, I just, I mean, don't you remember that time I threw up in the trash can? Oh, yeah. It was like a granola bar. <laughs> yeah. And you well, and so, were like, Molly, you're dramatic. A, yeah. and a, a very light or Heavy gag reflexes. Also, and a really strong nose. <laughs> yes. It's so funny, too, that we're describing all this because it is Sebastian. Oh, like, yeah. He will be like, I don't, he, so the other day we were driving, he's three, and I put my hair in like a bun on top of my head. It's getting so hot here in Texas. And he goes, Mom, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> or like Damien had on like workout leggings, like you wear under shorts, you know, and he came out and he was going to work out. This was back when it was cold. And he goes, mom wears leggings, <laughs> not you, dad. <laughs> and he has the most sensitive nose and the most insane gag reflex. And he is very like organized, put things inside things. So it's funny that we're talking about all of that because that is bad. Well, and, and yes, for me, so, okay, so not my biological child, right. very different from me. Very. I've never... Yeah, Don's super laid back, yeah, can't smell anything. I've never <laughs> parented before in my life. And so here comes this child, and I just adored. But it was like, wow, this is hard. You know, I mean... I'm sure it was like on the up team 10 hard scale too. Yeah, and, and I was super intense too, wanted to make sure that... Oh yeah, and we so, were all so, so intense. So a, a lot of... A lot <laughs> so of I just remember a lot of growing up of a lot of your growing up of me and we'll kind of get into kind of the parent to kid dynamic a little bit of me being harsh with you and not feeling like I was harsh but it was being taken as harsh yeah. and a lot of crying a lot of you know dad's too hard on me um you know and and even in our parenting you know just the protectiveness we were super protective yeah. as early parents you yeah. know nothing you know but so talk about the 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 parenting that how do is when you remember even younger ages how you were parented as a young child <laughs> well i i am also part of my personality i am over, like emotional macy and i talk about a that. feeler i'm a yeah. super big feeler i'm super passionate and something that i know Sensitive. now as an adult which i didn't know as a kid is i i can communicate my feelings now i mean i'm in a married married been to marriage counseling and there's just something to be said about saying exactly what you want to the person you're in a relationship with, whether it's your dad or your mom or your husband. And I I had no idea how to do that as a child. Um, and so now, even as I have Sebastian, who is also a feeler, like before I react to his reaction, look and see how he's feeling because he can't communicate to me how he's feeling as a three-year-old. Mm -hmm. So if you have a feeler kid and you're a feeler yourself, or if you're not, maybe try to react like notice their feelings before you react to how they're acting um 
What was your question? How did I feel parented? <laughs> well, and so I just want to speak just to, that's a great point, And I'm glad that you brought that up because I did that wrong because I'm a feeler parent. And so, and so what I would do is I would feel their feelings mm. and I would mirror it back to them. And Not good. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just created a storm instead of like, even it's so fun to, you know, you know, hang out with Sebastian now because I can feel his feelings and I can appreciate him. Oh, he's mad about that. Oh, he's <laughs> sad about that. Oh, he's so happy about that and see that. And it's not a reflection of me. It's not about me. I mean, I can totally be detached from it yeah. and help him. Oh, I can see why you're mad about that, Sebastian. Right. I would be mad about that right. too. And so I didn't do that with my first couple feelers, you know, and so, but going back to, you know, dad's question, what did we do that, you know, shut you down as a feeler? Mm -hmm. What did we do that made you feel? Well, I think not because seen, dad loved? is pretty logical and like, what's crazy is I'm sure we knew this about you knew this about me then, but like we talk about all the time in our family now, who's logical, who's a feeler, who's a thinker, just like so nonchalantly. But um, it, it helps to put words to it totally. and to know. Yeah, to, um, okay, yeah, who's in who's a bad camp? Thing. Okay, yeah. good. It's like it's okay. all the feelers over here. <laughs> We're mad at you, logical thinkers. Because um, Damien's like that. Yes, my husband is dad. <laughs> yeah, you married your father. Yeah, um, he's very logical, and we all the time have to switch each other's questions of, okay, how are you feeling? And he looks at me like what are you talking about and then he'll say to me well what are you thinking and I'm like I'm not thinking anything <laughs> I'm only I'm feeling it. right now <laughs> and I have to ask him well what do you think about that but all I have to say is so I think like noticing and calling it out like even in your marriage so if you know your husband is I think men sometimes tend to sway more logical if you know your husband's logical but you have several kids that are feelers like define that for each other. Or, and if you know your wife is logical and your husband's a feeler and you have a son that's a super big feeler and that's like a hard connecting point for the dad and the son, then the like call each other out because it seems to help like, like diffuse it if it, ex if you explain it. So if you know you're logical and you know your daughter's a feeler, then it's not a bad thing that you're different. Now that's something to like celebrate and learn from each other about. But I think for us, I just felt like you were so different and distant and there was no way you would ever understand what I was thinking. And that's absolutely Even not in true. Teenage though. Years, oh, I mean, totally. Yeah. yeah that yeah. probably went all the way through until honestly, till I like not because I met Damien, but I remember when I met Damien and Damien wasn't necessarily he hadn't necessarily been following God and he grew up different than I did. He wasn't necessarily in the bucket of probably people we would have like hung out with. And you were like, I don't care. He loves you. He loves the Lord. You pursue him all you want. And I was like, I was like so expecting you to be mad or be like, he's not good enough. Logically. Or, yeah. Go down the whole logical reasons of why. And you were just like, I can see that you really like him and I would love to get to know him and we'll go from there. And I, I'm sure that there are other points along the way where you changed how you acted, but that was one moment where I was like, oh, I can tell dad anything. Like he, he'll see how I'm feeling. And like, even if he wants to logically go around that, we'll, we'll work together. So I just think maybe seeing being logical or a feeler or thinker, I don't even know all the other possible mm -hmm. personalities out there is not a bad thing, but like a way to learn from each other. And I don't even know if it's, is it a bad thing to start telling your kid early on? You're such a feeler. I love how passionate you are. I'm a thinker. I mm -hmm. think about things. I see the world differently, but we get to learn from each other. And I promise I'll always listen to you. Or I yeah. promise I'll always hear you out. Or I don't know. Because I think 
I didn't believe that you were like on my side for whatever reason. And so it's really hard to be vulnerable and honest with someone when you don't think that they're on your side. Yeah. And, and yeah, let's explore that just a little bit because I think parents, even at elementary ages, even at young ages, a kid can lose trust yeah. in a parent. And so why do you feel like that you felt like that? So as you were growing up, um, why did you feel like that, that you weren't, um, that I wasn't on your side? Because, you know, I would say, oh my goodness, yes, I was on your side. Totally. I invested in you. Yeah. I coached you. Yeah. I, you know, was willing to put you in private school. Don't tell me I'm not on your side. You know, <laughs> oh, I totally, well, as a parent now, I'm like, this is why this podcast is a little hard for me because I'm like, I wouldn't want a parent bratty Molly at that age either. <laughs> no, she but, was but, ungrateful. But, but it's so, it's so cool that, you know, because I think we talk to parents a lot about how, you're trying hard, but maybe if you adjust some things, right. it will come out better for you. Right. You know, it's not about efforts. It's about, you know, putting right. your energy. What, ma- what made you feel like that? Um, well, I do think like it, for my personality, words are a really big deal, like words and gifts as I've gotten older. So when the conversation started out, when I messed up, so obviously kids are going to mess up. And I think for me early on, it started out with how I treated my siblings. I also, my personality is I really want to do well. I want to succeed. I don't have to be the best person ever at something, but I want to make whoever I'm like working for or with really proud. I honestly don't even care to make myself (laughs) proud. Maybe that's something I need to work on with God, but, um, I think that's a firstborn tendency too. Yeah, I, just I think that that's just, yeah. Make you happy. And so a pleaser. Yeah. And I, I'm not so much like a people pleaser in life. I'm pretty opinionated and blunt. And if we don't get along, we don't get along, but like you guys are my parents. I wasn't going to get away from you and you guys had high standards, which you should. We live above reproach. Like we were called to be different. Um, and I actually even liked that part of our family, but I think just early on when I did miss the mark, because we're all like kids mess up, like I wasn't, my personality wasn't always met with, oh man, that really sucks that you made that choice. And because you made that choice, there's a consequence, but I don't love you any less. That doesn't mean you suck. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean like, like you're not part of our family. We're not removing you from this, but it just, I think probably how I read it early on was there weren't words that met my failure with you're not less than it was just like, you messed up. Yeah. Sucks. (laughs) You're going to be in trouble because of it. And that was mostly because of how I read it or how I felt it. Um, so I think words were a big deal. And then as I got older, because I didn't like trust because of the words and when I did mess up in the small things, then I just started to make choices where I didn't want to involve you at all. So then your trust was lost in the big things, which should be handled and dealt with because that can lead down a really bad path. But so then it was like, like when I did mess up really big, it was like the world was ending and there was nothing I could have done that could put me back in the place where you loved me or like, I just felt like the worst failure in the world. And like, I think where I think about that is like with grades Like we made 80s and above in our house and anything below that was unacceptable. And it's a great standard to have, but I was really bad at math, (laughs) really bad at math. And what's so funny to me is like, I'm just even hearing this is God's goodness is like, I didn't move out of the house my first year of college. It was almost like an extended senior year. But she was super young. Yeah, my birthday is in August and I just was not ready. And mom and dad were wise enough to be like, let's stay home. I went to school 25 minutes down the road. They actually had my degree and it was an amazing school for my degree. But 
Um, and then I only ever lived 20 minutes from home. But I just think like the eighth grade dad that helped me with my algebra homework, I cried every time because every I, time. I felt like I was never going to get it right. And like it would take two wrong problems and dad would act like, like I internalized it as I was so dumb because dad is so smart. But then you literally helped me with my accounting homework in college. Like I was 20 years old and we were doing accounting like homework together it. and it was so fun. Like it was fun. <laughs> and people who move away from home don't get that experience with their dad. And so anyways, I just, yeah. So I think for me, it started out with probably just words and like, Molly, there's nothing, and I know you did say to me, Molly, there's nothing you can ever do with make me not love you. I know you said that to me, but it, it somewhere along the way got lost with you messed up and I want you to do better and I want you to be Oh, but better. I own that totally <laughs> in the sense of, um, you know, really in my efforts to teach. Right. And, and sometimes being frustrated, my goodness, how many times do we have to go over this math problem? I mean, it is. I, I mean, was like, why are there letters and numbers here? Why? When am I ever going to use this in the real world? Yeah. Well, but I mean, and there were frustrations and, and I learned a lot through daughters. I mean, through, I yeah. mean, I always said it was me and five women for a long <laughs> time. Dad. And yeah, it was but, like tone of voice. I mean, he looks, couldn't frown. Yeah. He needed, I mean, this, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, I felt, very, very I, high was standard. A very, that I, I felt like when I walked in the house to the five women, I couldn't even breathe in yeah. a bad mood or it would yes. be like roaches scattering yeah. in the light. You know, they would just run because, but it, it, you know, at first I, and it, for a long time, I think I resented it, but it really put me through the to, to show me what how not that I couldn't get on to my girls, right. but, but that encouragement was important. That it was it's it's really it's it's so easy for you, especially your firstborn child, to feel like they're not enough. Yeah, to feel yeah. like a failure, like you just said. Yeah. It's like, and I didn't want that as a parent. Totally. I was really invested as a parent, but it was Absolutely. but it was just stuff I had to learn. And it and you know I would say that's why we have seven kids because we had a lot. <laughs> at least for me, I had a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's what I was even thinking through that as well, that um, we were coming from two different languages yeah. to inter communicating on two different ways. And then, you know, Molly's, yeah, so firstborn confident. Don and I say this all the time. Don and I were the baby of the family, and there's a dynamic that comes with that. You know, we we all wanted our own way. <laughs> all so, three of us. Yeah, yeah totally. exactly. I, I want my own way still. I'm Damien will say that all the time. He's like, it's not always about what you want. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> Everything's much well, better. So when what I do you I think want. about your parenting relationship with Molly? How, what, how would you, or Molly, how would you summarize that? Let's, yeah. let's quit bashing dad. I know. Over here. <laughs> really, he's the best. Tag, ever. I'm in. <laughs> I know. I told them, I was like, this is really hard for me because I, I see why you did all the things you did now as an adult. There's nothing wrong with your and parenting. As a parent, everybody's like, just wait till you're a parent. Just wait. I, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I think, I don't honestly really remember getting in trouble with you. I think where we bashed, I don't, I mean, I know, I don't ever remember having like a drag out, knock down fight yeah. with you, but um, I like expected things from you that were too high level. And again, in retrospect, as an adult, something we learned in marriage counseling is unsaid expectations are always unmet and I had unmet expectations for you constantly I mean I was homeschooled so there was 12 hours seven days a week for me to have an unmet expectation <laughs> <laughs> and I also couldn't communicate and you were communicating and right. I didn't even know the expectations I had but 
because of my personality, which is orderly and smooth and organized and plan and everyone looks good and we were homeschooled and mom's personality is more like you guys want to play outside today in your underwear that can be science <laughs> and math and history you go for it and i'm like e. and races are yeah, she's like i'll be upstairs napping you come get me when you need me molly you're gonna make lunch cool i'll be nursing and having a baby all at the same time but and i was like inside with like a pen and paper like wait i have to do school um, no, I love that. That is, I remember like meeting moms that I'm like, oh, you would have been a much better mom for Molly. No. <laughs> you know? Because then I would have turned into this like little, no, neat, like the tidy, <laughs> so uptight. I'm already uptight. Can you imagine? No. Yeah. The mom that had it all together and the designer person, her hair was always cut. I think I got a haircut twice a year back in those days. And anyway, and so, yeah, but I think that I think I think it made us each better, though. Totally. I mean, like you definitely helped me not be too hippie mama, you know. And, um, and now I'm a hippie mom, so and it's I perfect. You All my friends are like, "Just call Molly; she'll be the hippie mom. She'll know <laughs> what to do." But I I think that's probably like how like where if we had struggles, it was just like I wanted you to be something that you were not, and you like there wasn't much. I think you you did try, but there was just a lot of days where I felt like. Ugh, okay, I'll just do it by myself, fine. Then. Well, and I mean, and the flip re- goes the same. Like, I mean, I really feel like that Molly helped Don and I raise everybody. I mean, I, I mean, I, th- I look at Madeline right now raising two babies and pregnant with her third one, and it just feels chaotic all the time. And I was like, I remember looking back and it feeling chaotic, but not at the level that it does. And it's because I had a four-year-old. I had a four-year-old, and then an, and then Madeline, and then Macy, and yeah. then a newborn, yeah. and then I had a five-year-old so and a one-year-old, and I had a six-year-old, and I yes, I, yes. So when 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 Madeline had Truett, you had a seven-year-old. Yes. Imagine if she had yeah a seven-year-old. Yeah. Oh my well, goodness, that's like a whole other parent, adult, basically. another adult. And, and so, not many people would say that though. Why do you say that? I, I'm, I agree with you. I'm not saying that I don't, but I mean, a lot of people say you have a seven-year-old. That's still a little kid. Oh, no, Molly. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. That that's where I feel like that Molly and I pretty much grew up together. Yeah. I was 21 when I had her, and we weren't married, and I was finishing college. I mean, we literally grew up together. I don't know if you ever got to be a baby. I don't know if you ever got to be a little kid even, because you had expectations for me. This right. is the kind of mom you need to be. I had expectations <laughs> for you. No, this is the kind of helper I need you to be, because I'm helper, acts of service, and Molly thinks she's helper, but she actually is probably not at all. I just impose. Posed yeah. it on her to such a level that she, um, I mean, yeah. And so I don't, I don't, I think I was able to have six kids because Molly equipped and empowered me to. Mm. She kept me organized. She, you know, made sure the kids didn't look like, you know, slobs, you know, would fix their. I tried. Yeah. And so I just think that that's how, I just think it worked out. Yeah. Well, so there was expectations both ways for sure. I think another interesting dynamic starts to play out in there in that and there's two things I want to explore here. One of them is, is that you start to resent having a large family mm-hmm. and, totally and, yeah. and, and the responsibility that's put on yeah. you, but also you're starting to develop your relationship with God. Right. Can you help us with both of those <laughs> dynamics? I mean, yeah. so, well, so I was thinking about this earlier today because Macy sent me this outline and, um, just about the like the relationship of God and any just marker moments or how you guys modeled that out for me specifically. But it's interesting. 
like growing up in church and I, I feel very careful saying growing up in church in our current world because a lot of people go to church on Sundays, but how we lived our life is community. We like, like our pastor just recently went through a series and we've been reading through the book of Acts and how they refer to the first church as followers of the way. And that's what you guys were like. You didn't just go to church on Sunday and leave and not talk about it again. You didn't not talk about Jesus. You had a personal relationship with God. You met with him every day. You talked with us about him and everything we did was centered around church, like a a community of people. And so that's what I say when I mean, or what I mean when I say, when I said we grew up in church. And so there was like out, there was really no social life outside of church. And so because of that, I like the lines are pretty blurred from Like, I think some people in their testimony could say, that's when I met God. Mm -hmm. That was my marker moment. And I have those along the way of like revelations he'd given me. But because of how we grew up there, it's like, I always knew God. I mean, there, I remember when I asked him into my heart, I remember when I got baptized, but I mean, Wednesday nights was Awanas. I started memorizing large chunks of scripture at six years old, all the way until 13. And I loved it. Like it was the most fun ever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, summers was vacation Bible school for three weeks. We spend all day up there getting ready and then all day talking to kids about Jesus. Um, and every family that we hang out with either went to church with us or had gone to church with us. And so they all kind of were like, Hey, this is what we believe. We're in some of our mindset. Um, and so it was, it's like, now that I think about that, I'm like, that's kind of cool that there wasn't, it's just blurred because I'm like, Oh, I always knew God because my parents always knew God. Um, but I think for me where it started to truly become my own is, when I was 12 and 13, and it's, I was thinking about, just thinking about this today, and it's just, I just, it's so cool, but when I was 12 and 13, we had a youth pastor, and we had a really small youth group, and we did um, a something, the second Saturday of every month called Missio Deo, Mission Day, mm, and we yes, went to, it was from like 9 to 12 on Saturdays, and we went to different, like, nonprofits in the DFW area, and we just served however they needed us. Sometimes it was in like a kitchen. Sometimes we had garage shells and we just talked to people about God. But we did that for probably a year and a half. And i that's where I led my first person to the Lord. It's where I like got confident to walk up to people and be like, let me tell you about Jesus. It's where I got confident enough to be like, I want to hear about your life. And like kind of learn and discern from the Holy Spirit to like go talk to this person. Okay, this person needs prayer. And I did it with my friends. And you guys weren't even there, but you like gave right. me the opportunity. That's what we did on the weekends. It was an outlet. So I think that was one big marker moment. And then the second was around that same time, the worship pastor for our small group, who actually has since been my campus pastor, he sang in our wedding. Damien and I tell him and his wife will follow him to the ends of the earth if he <laughs> needs us to. But he taught me how to worship. And he didn't so much, you know, sit us down and be like, okay, you sing, you raise your hands, you pray, you talk to God. He just made worship fun. He let us pick songs. He knew all the new songs. He like plays guitar constantly. He was, was, yeah, he was so fun to be around. Shut up, Ben Moreno. Yeah, Pastor Ben. Um, But he, and he truly loved God. And like when he got up on that stage, every moment he was worshiping. So you're like, I want to do that. Like that is so genuine and real. Um, And he was the same on stage as he was when he got off that platform. And he just, he taught me how to worship. And so I think between those two things of just building the confidence of being able to tell people about Jesus and what he did in my life and learning how to like just have an environment to worship him. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if y'all remember this, but at that age, I'm, 
I memorized the whole book of Philippians. Do you remember when I had it stuck in the shower in the little, mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't recite any of it to you now, <laughs> but I just, I remember thinking, I remember another leader picked up my Bible at one time and was like, Molly, it's like completely highlighted. And I was like, I know, I it's love it. It's all so it. good. I know. <laughs> so I think around then is probably when I like bought in. I was like, okay, I, I, do, I can do this. I believe in this. And you guys were sending us on mission trips then. We were going to summer camps. Um, so yeah, I think... But would you say as we did it, 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 you wanted to do it? Oh, absolutely. So it wasn't something you were forced to do. Mm-hmm. It was just a way of life. Oh, total, totally a way of life. And I mean, my friends were there, but they were, they like, I mean, and I was going to school at that point. And the crazy thing about the school I went to is it was a tiny private school. And so because of that, everyone lived within 30, 30 minutes away. Normally, you know, you live down the street from everyone you go to school with in a district, but my two best girlfriends, one of them lived in Coppell and one of them lived in Plano. So we didn't go to the same church, um, but I had church best friends. And so we just, like my friends were there. We were all doing it. We all went to Miss Odeo. We all went to worship nights. Yeah, it was not forced. I mean, I think you took us enough times younger. They were like, this is just what we do, that it became kind of who I was. I love that. And so just to parents, just to kind of summarize that just a little bit, I think it's so valuable that we as parents connect our kids to God. And what Molly was saying is creating the environment, having the relationship is the example, creating the environment, but then having the experiences. Totally. And I remember, I remember it flipping in my brain when Ben was the worship, when when he was the youth pastor. And I remember being so grateful that somebody else has partnered with us (laughs) on this journey of connecting our kids to Jesus. And I remember Ben telling you something, it was about dating that we had said for five (laughs) years. But Ben, she came and said, Mom, you're not going to believe what, you know, Ben said. And I'm like, what? Good. That is some good advice right there. That is is good. so wise. So wise. Doesn't have any kids and won't for another 10 years. But my goodness, that's good advice. (laughs) No. And so that being said is that parents, yes, surround your kids with godly relationships with with older, you know, wiser people. Because there is that time when they're going to stop listening to you. And they need to hear somebody else say what you're saying right. in a, or at least a different confirm voice. Because it, it probably sounded good because I had heard it multiple times. It was times familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and in this day when, especially post-pandemic, when church is not a big part of people's right. lives, um, church is a great community. And it's a 100%. great, you know, you, we when you have people that are, uh, you know, on the same page with you, um, doing life with you. Yeah. I mean, you, you, it created your friendships. Totally. It created so many things in your life that was, it created a hunger for God. Yeah. And so, and, and I well, want to... that like-mindedness that's so valuable that I, I think that that's what's happening in our world today is that so many people were so splintered on what we think and how we feel. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have the community to support us and back it up. And so kids are, are aimless. I mean, well, they're, they're left to fend for themselves. Yes. My mom and, to, and dad believe in this and my friend at home believes in this or friend at school believes in this and their parents believe in this and... Yeah, you have to get them. My coach is telling me this, right. and yeah. Well, and I think I've said this on a podcast before, but I will sing this truth that mom and dad told us from for till forever is it's so much easier to stand alone when you have someone to stand alone with, <laughs> yeah. which I know sounds a little bit oxymoron, but even just thinking about Sebastian and like the things we hope and want for him and pray over him, and they're radical and they're they're different, and we're called to live in the world, and not be of it, and we are aliens here. But he can do that if he has another alien to be his best friend, <laughs> exactly. you know? And, like, I think for us, we had 
going back to dad's point about the siblings is we did have those built-in like followers of the way because we had all of our siblings. And so even though the next one, Madeline is four and a half years younger than me, there was like no doubt that all seven of us were, we were all doing the same thing. And so the hope was, and the end result even was like, we all believe in God, he's our best friend. And so we have that unifier that then can take us to the rest, the rest of our life. But, um, I mean, I, I didn't think that early on. I, well, and I, I want to explore yeah. that a little bit because, um, I would say today you are one of the biggest family proponents totally. that, uh, and everybody knows that in our family that, you know, Molly is the, is the, Suzanne is the matriarch and Molly's like the ma- matriarch too. Damien yeah. calls it, <laughs> Damien calls mom the mothership <laughs> and I'm mothership 2.0. <laughs> I'm like, that's I'm- good. Okay, and that's, well, and, and I, I tell Molly all the time now, you're going to have to be the granny to McCade's kids because I can't, I can't guarantee how I'm gonna, long I'm going to be around. Not so you're going to have to be the grandma. <laughs> well, so but, yeah, Mothership 2.0, so tag in. At some point you went from kind of resenting totally. family. In fact, when we, um, you know. I mean, just I, the responsibility of family. When we That's told you resented. that we were having our seventh McCade. <laughs> well, I mean, and no, Maddox. Maddox no, we were just talking yeah, about Yeah, y'all came you home. You wanted to like move away. Yeah, we, I came home from camp, like best like mission trip camp on high. Love Jesus. Jesus is the best thing ever. Changed my life. And then it's 4th of July and we were going to the friend's house, full party with all the people we just went to camp with. And all my friends on the bus ride home were like, Molly, wouldn't it be hilarious if your parents had another baby? And I said, I will not joke about such things. And we got home. You guys picked me up from church. We got home. You we were like, hey, we're going to go home. Say hi to everyone. Get in the car. Go to, go to a friend's house. And my bags, we never got them out of the car. And you saw, I remember you sat us all down in the living room at the Highland Court house. And you were like, we're going to have a baby. And sweet Madeline had literally been praying for, for Maddox. A year. Like, for a year. Praying for Maddox to be born. <laughs> and I remember like, now I'm like, wow, I should have, I mean, wow, her prayers are so powerful. What I else should have been asking her <laughs> to pray for? And I, I looked at you guys and I was like, just take, just take me to Hannah's. Don't even unpack my bag. Just all going to move in. And we got there and I told them, all my friends, and they were like, you're joking. <laughs> uh, and then Cade. Because how old were you? So I was only, I think I was only 13 with Maddox. Because yeah, you're 17 years different than yeah. Cade. Well, so you had to be in a half years difference than McCade. Yeah, so. And they're only two years apart, so you had to be 15. Oh, wow. With Maddox. Or maybe 14 and a half. That makes it a little better. Oh, yeah, 14. (laughs) 14's a a fun age. (laughs) And then with Cade, we were at family camp, which I already had a bad attitude about in general. You guys should have read the room. We've been like, Molly's not able to receive this news. (laughs) 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 We need to wait till she goes home and has a better attitude on life. Some more prayer ministry needs to happen. That was a rough vacation. Yeah, I I own that one. I was terrible, I was 16. About to be. Because remember, we had a surprise birthday yeah. party. When yeah, we they got had home. this whole awesome <laughs> surprise birthday party planned for me when I got home with like a hundred people, and I was terrible to them on this this family She's vacation. Sitting in the back of the van puking because she was car sick. I was so mad, but <laughs> not about Cade. But they did tell us about McCade on the trip, and there's a picture, and all the other girls are crying with like happiness and joy on their face, and I'm just like wiping away a tear, like a dramatic, sad tear, like you've got <laughs> shooting <laughs> daggers. But I mean, in Molly's defense. The reason that you didn't want any more babies was because 
it took me out because yeah. I was pregnant and then I was nursing and then I was sleep deprived and there was 17 million other children that needed, you know, well, that, Cade, that looked to you. Yeah. As, Cade was the hardest because I was literally going into my senior year and I was like, man, just when I thought I caught a break, like <laughs> just Maddox I thought is I was one gonna, years old. <laughs> thought I was going to have some attention from yeah, mom. Like, like senior year is my year. I mean, I don't think I had let that go a long time ago. I was more just like, I don't really want to be like the dishes and the laundry girl, you know, and I don't want to yeah. drive everyone around. And I mean, it, it was for sure selfish, but I mean, what's crazy about that is Maddox was one. So when Maddox was born, I was still had a bad attitude. When McCade was born, I, I think I was becoming a little more unselfish, but I say this all the time. Maddox, Maddox as a little brother taught me how to be a big sister. Like something switched with him where it was like, no, this isn't, this isn't like something to resent or a burden to carry. It's an honor to have. Mm. And I don't, I couldn't necessarily really tell you what it was other than it just became a joy. Like they became, they were hilarious. And like, because I was in college when they were two and four, essentially, I watched them for mom. Were you teaching? I don't know if you were teaching or what you were doing, but I picked them up from like their little home daycare that they were at and watched them two days a week for you. Yeah. And it was a Didn't blast. take him to the store because people yeah. thought you were their they, mom. Molly and mommy were very <laughs> close together. So I did that one time and then I got a lot of stairs at Target and I was like, guys, we're not going in anywhere anymore. Call me another name. But and they were so funny and so hilarious to be around. So... Yeah, I think if you have ever, I don't, I don't know the difference so much with boys versus girls in this because I think girls are just more innately like able to see responsibility and pick the pieces up. Um, but I'm sure with a boy, it would come out in more of like protection, and I have to be there for them and I have mm-hmm, to take care mm-hmm. of them because that's what a boy is more innately uh, made to do. But I think if you have an oldest kid, just be aware of that. Like if you're a baby or a middle and you might not have gotten the chance to have younger siblings. Just ask them from time to time, how can I love on you? Yeah, like, and even good. if they're little, you know your kid. So if they're prone to like act out, then they need more attention. Or you know, if they if they are encouraging words, then tell them how awesome they did that day. Or I don't, I don't, you know your kid. Like even at a young age, and so. And you guys did do that. I was even thinking about that. Like, you took me prom dressing every time. Who knows what happened to the other children? They could have been at home by themselves, but you always <laughs> took me prom dressing. Um, and you were prom dress shopping. And I was even thinking about this, too. Like, my senior year, I was playing sports, and I went to that small school, and our games were hours away, and you were there. Dad was there, all, like, almost 100% of the time, and you were there with children in tow at least 90% of the time. So... I don't know, retrospect, you know, I can see it, but I think it wasn't so much that I resented the kids, it was the siblings, it was that I resented the responsibility that came because of all of them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Madeline and me being such a big gap, there was, it was hard to like find similarities, mm-hmm. but I think what, which I've said this before and probably why I sing its praises is you guys were just so consistent. You never gave up. You were just... You're going to be your best friend. 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 It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to be best friends. And I mean, you just never really gave up. Well, so there was a huge breakthrough with you and Madeline when it comes to siblings as best friends. And I just remember that you started driving her to To school. school. Eighth grade. And so what, like what broke? Like what happened? Did y'all get to start having enough common ground? Yeah. And I mean, we, I think like we were just forced to spend time together Mm -hmm. and 
she was cool. <laughs> I so mean, up until then, she was obnoxious. Yeah. But then you started appreciating that she was cool. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- yeah. So I think we just had, there was just forced time together. Mm-hmm. And, and we were starting to do the same things. And so I think that's a word of encouragement too, is if you do have a gap in your kids, just figure out some way, like maybe they can serve, serve together at church, you mm-hmm. know, like they're, or maybe they can, you can get them on like a trip together or wait till they get a little bit older. Like don't give up. And because at some point everything becomes common. Like me and Mackenzie are, I don't know how, I don't even know how far Mackenzie and I. Probably seven years. Yeah. But we're both married now. We're both adults. She's like getting her master's. Damien's getting his PhD. We have more in common with them than we might even have with Macy and Jared, you know, right. because you, it all just levels out at some yeah. point. And so like, just stay the course because it, it will like, if they, if, and that's the other thing that I say too, is like, you guys stayed the course with siblings as best friends and you stayed the course with like, Jesus is your best friend. God is most important. And if you start to follow Jesus and hear his voice, you can't not appreciate your family because mm-hmm. that's, that's God's heart for us. And so if you start to hear, if your kids start to hear God's voice and they start to buy in, then that's, then that will like automatically come because that is who God is. He has, he has a family's heart. That's good. I want to bring up something that, that she said that I, just to reemphasize it, it's a, if you've got kids that are not getting along, um, especially that oldest one, that oldest one sets the tone. It's about a perspective change. Mm-hmm. They have to, we, we have to go in and help them see the value of their siblings and see the fun. Like Madeline to, in, Ma, in Molly's mind, Madeline was annoying. And you know, this, you know, they, this one was bratty and this one, you know, whatever that is. But when that shifted, and Madeline was fun, then the whole yeah. dynamic of the relationships changed. And so that's where, if, if that's hot, one of those hot relationships in your family that are not working, then I just encourage yeah. you to go help the oldest child and, or the younger, whichever one, wherever the you know mess is, change the perspective. Yeah. Like instead of maybe being like, I know they are so obnoxious, right? But we still need to be friends with them. Being like, it wasn't that so hilarious that Mal did that thing. Yes. Isn't she so weird? It makes me laugh. I mean, you can every see it as time. obnoxious, but I think it's right, hysterical. Right. I mean, and, ch- and I mean as pick the your sibling. Like, I know you love your older sister and you want her to love you so much, and she really does love you. When you do that, it's really hard for her to want to be around you. What if instead you did this? Yes. Just like helping them kind of figure out. And that's like relationship 101. Exactly. And so if you can help them build that at the age they're in, then it will just only like multiply and help them as they get older. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Well, and I think that there's another perspective that comes to mind is that it's never too late. Mm -hmm. It's never too late because, you know, you even said things like, Dad, I didn't trust you until age this. I know, 20, yeah. Or, you know, I didn't didn't change to really appreciate my siblings until they were until I was 17, right. you know I mean? Just so many things. And, um, and yet I remember you guys playing, you and Madeline, for example, and Macy, uh, playing a lot when you were little, yeah, but they were true. still, you know, so there were relationships, there were things being formed in that, totally. but still there were also resentments and things, but it's like, just stay, you, you said, stay you said, course. stay the course yeah. and stay the course. You, you, one of the things you said that I think is just so cool is, Stay the course with siblings as best friends. Stay the course with Jesus as your best friend. Mm-hmm. Stay the course with your marriage being, you know, connected and yeah. things like that. You know, th- those are the things that over time mm-hmm. you win. They build on each other. Yeah. And and there's a great chance that as you stay the course, I mean, we've we've had we've got seven kids and they love each other. Mm-hmm. They love the Lord. I mean, wouldn't you say there's there's oh yeah and and they they love 
the they love us as parents. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that was the only thing we did really was just stay the course. Yeah. Yeah, because you know we had expectations and we were thinkers and not feel you know, all the well, yeah. all the things we talked we were cons- about. At least we, we were consistent. We, yeah, in the course. and I mean yeah. I can remember being talking to you, Molly, in a way you know, and just thinking that oh that wasn't so bad, and <laughs> and walking up and you're in your bathroom like sobbing, sobbing. drama yeah, queen. Yes, but I mean, but and going. Okay, I probably didn't do that very well. You know, but one of the things to give Don credit too, though, is that I don't remember when it was, but something in you even mm-hmm. switched to made you to say, okay, wait a second, I need to, I need to talk to my wife. She needs to be the advocate. I need to go through her first before I approach my daughters, especially my feeler daughters, because I have a feeler wife. And I remember saying, oh yeah, that's good. They need to be talked about that. But you should maybe say it from this perspective. Yeah. Or what if you did it from this perspective? And I remember you, you know. On that. Yes, worked yeah. hard on that to change that. And you and you, I remember you saying things like, "Hey, listen, I'm trying." And that oh, just yeah. went miles with these feeler daughters. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 trying. I know I'm not can very. You help me. Fig- can you yeah. help me understand how I can yes. explain this? No, yeah. I'm not very good at this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. help me help me understand what you're feeling and just. Can go you and- please tell me how to help you do this math? Problem? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, and the whole point is, is that. Never give up. Yeah. You know, and, and keep learning and keep trying because, man, your kids feel it and mm-hmm. they want to do it. And and we over, you know, we I feel like with you, it, it even overcame the, you know, when we got married, I always said I, I fell in love with Molly and <laughs> married her mom because, you know, it was just, you were two. I mean, literally <laughs> the first day we got back from parenting. I mean, we got back from our honeymoon. First day, I got initiated into parenting. Molly was upstairs. She was crying in her bed. Yeah, because I always was used to sleeping with Molly. And yeah. it was a new place, and yeah. you were upstairs, and we yeah. were downstairs. Now so we know these like, things. Honey, yes. honey, don't worry about it. I've got this <laughs> taken care of. You know, there's a new sheriff in town. Here we go. Walk up without a shirt on. Walk up to the crib. You're screaming. Because you had that hot young body. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I walk up. I pick you up, and you proceed to throw up all over me. The real sheriff is in town. (laughs) All over my back. Oh, it was awful. But it was, you know, it was like from there, you know, we're here. Yeah. And um, and it's just so cool to see, you know, how you've grown. And now you're mom, and to watch... Bash has thrown up on me a lot, so I got my payback. Don't you worry. But I also think it's important to talk to parents who are, like, in the weeds. I only have one three-year-old, and I think just how... Three is a more difficult age, but there's just one. Madeline, you know, she has three and one, and about to be two, and another baby. And... I just even have one of my good friends around the corner has four kids and they're like in really close ages. And it's, I think it's hard to be told, say the course when you're in the weeds. And so well, like, and what so, can you guys say to them? That's like, well, what would you say? I would like to know, like you're parenting yourself as a boy right now. I mean, you're parenting your version of you. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I follow, I follow. Yeah. So what would you like, what would you say? How do you love Sebastian, how, how, what would you say to parents about how to love yeah. a kid like Molly, a kid like Sebastian? Well, I was just going to say that Molly was Molly had a stretch because Damien had gone out of town um, to be a keynote speaker at a conference. And so he was gone for a stretch. So Molly had Sebastian like every day, so many days in the row. And I talked to her on Saturday and I'm like, how's it going? And she goes, I mean, this was a really good day. I only lost it once. <laughs> I think I mean, I and like, he got, only lost it once. We got in one fight. We got in one fight. I was like... 
girl, that is amazing. I mean, that is like perfect. That is perfection right there. One fight. Oh, yeah, that's good. Well, well done. It wasn't a great fight, but um, I don't know. I, I think like to have the perspective of me as a kid talking to a parent um, is different than like what I've learned being the kid I was as the parent now. But I think um, like coming at it, like you guys have said this kind of ish in 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 a way in this podcast is like you guys had such great intentions like you wanted to be a good leader that's like one of your giftings is leading and teaching and when you like started out in parenting and doing that you had this mentality that I'm a great leader and a great teacher and I need you to do what I want you to do to get the outcome that I want to get and you were just kind of like I don't really know what I'm doing but I really love these kids and it was my dream so I'm just gonna go with it and um so you like, and, but you both like were going to different conferences and doing all these things to learn. You were advocating for your kids. You were learning how to be parents, but you were doing it all in a way that was just like, this is what I want and what I expect. And when we fell short of that, because we were children, it, it like all, like everything fell apart. Like when we weren't inside the little box of whatever you were learning at that time or whatever you had hopes for, it was kind of like, okay, well, what do we do next? And then your <laughs> response was anger or self you lost your self-control yes. or like because you we weren't doing what you wanted us to do you weren't you weren't able to respond in the way that even you probably wanted to and so I think like the vice would just be to act more out of relationship with your kid as opposed to I'm reading this parenting book and it says this or I'm reading this sleep training book and it says this or I heard this really great podcast and hey I'm on a podcast right now like those are all really great resources but the relationship with your kid is going to go so much farther than any resource you have out there. And so that being said, like with you and me, the relationship could have looked more like from an earlier age, maybe Molly, I want you to succeed. I want you to make good grades because when you make good grades, these are the things that happen in life. But if you make a D in math, that is not in any way connected to your worth or my love for you. I'm just really good at math. So I would love to help you out here. And if I can't help you, I will find someone that can okay, I, I, want to, I want you to help me, dad, as opposed to like, this is easy. You should be able to do this. And we get bees in our house. Like yeah. we get bees in our house. And when you don't get a bee, that's not good enough. And maybe you did say those things and I heard them wrong. But so I just think like relationship and, but it's so hard, I know. And this is where I think the part comes in of what I've learned from who I was as a kid to who I am as a parent now and parenting a feeler boy. Um that's also his dad, but, um, is, um, that, so in the moment, and I'm a feeler too, when I, when I like amplify the situation because he's amplified it, it amplifies even more. And like, mm -hmm. we've all seen this happen at a store, a kid's throwing a fit and the mom gets mad and the kid raises their voice and the mom raises their voice and the whole thing just turns into a big, huge disaster and kids are going to throw fits. They don't know how to communicate what they want when they want it. And so something that's recently because of our, like our community and our church is it sounds so simple, but just like if I can take a second and say, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this situation, immediately my like mind is changed. It feels like the Holy Spirit is there. And then I can see Bash from like a relationship. I can I can look at him and say, 
oh, you're throwing a fit because you didn't have a nap and because you had sugar for breakfast and because your dad hasn't been here for six days straight and I'm probably not giving you the attention you need. Oh, and also we've been outside all day and the sun is exhausting. Man, that's not your fault. Like, yes, we need to talk about how you don't need to react when you don't get what you want, but I'm actually going to meet you with all your needs and then we're going to have a conversation about how you acted this way. Or even, wow, you hate your sister. That is unacceptable. But inviting the Holy Spirit in in that moment allows you to discipline from wow, because of that action, you have to have a consequence. We mm. don't hit our siblings in our home. And because of that, here's your consequence. But I love you so much. As opposed to, I'm so mad you hate your sister. Let me discipline out of anger instead of out of you know love because I want you to be better, do better. And so it sounds silly. And I think like I've done it in front of Bash multiple times and he looks at me like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> um, but it just reshifts everything. And mm-hmm. you guys even... You didn't say those exact words to us, but we knew from a very early age that we could ask the Holy Spirit to come or ask Jesus to be in the room or talk to God like he was just our best friend. And so that's very recently what I, it it just makes you remember the relationship. Like you're connecting your relationship to God. God, I'm inviting you into the situation. And then thus you can parent from a relationship standpoint. And I just like imagine in a home with, you know, four or five kids ranging from like 10 to four fighting boy girl boy girl and they're in like a big fight and the mom's like we're all going to stop and ask the holy spirit to come in this situation imagine if like we all did that Mm -hmm. for over the course of time there's no way that things wouldn't change because the holy spirit is the greatest change agent Mm -hmm. in the world and so i just think it might be weird it might be uncomfortable but sometimes jesus asks us to do uncomfortable things so that's probably the two pieces of advice i would give from young Molly and adult Molly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, I love that. I absolutely love that because I think that, like, I would say that we were way better parents on the back half than the front half of our kids. And it's because we were healthier. We mm. knew ourselves better. We weren't exhausted. And I think that, you know, young moms out there that are in the weeds, yeah. I mean, if I were to say something, get healthy, take care of yourself, take a nap if you need to, They're go like, to bed impossible. early, mm-hmm. you know, go just do what you do, do what, do the things that you need to do to get healthy. But what I really love about that is when you can't do any yeah. of that, you can always ask the Holy Spirit. You can always ask the helper, the counselor, the wise, you know, anyway, I just think that that's, that's just brilliant. And it is, it is a complete atmosphere changer. When as we wrap up, I hope parents that, um, you know, the perspective, what Suzanne said at the first is, is that who knows your kids best, a series on how it can be you. And, as you get to know Molly in this case and the emotional feeler type person type kid, what if that's your kid? And yeah. and what are you learning? Lucky you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not <There's> sarcastic. <laughs> and, and, and what are you learning from the podcast here that you can take and apply to your emotional mm. feeler kid, boy yeah. or girl, yeah. and help them navigate and you know so and appreciate often, those qualities. Yeah. yeah and and you know Molly, I always say I'm the worst Christian in my family, but not because I, I, I don't think of myself, but my kids are just living a faith on our shoulders mm-hmm. and they are living life out. Molly has, is, is a great mom and she's doing a great work mm-hmm. and, and, but, and li- really literally had to live through our worst parenting. <laughs> And but yet God redeemed it. Yeah, totally. And, and I think God redeemed it because of the purpose and the mm. and the intentionality. Yeah. And and just because He's good. Totally. And because He's God. And so. Um, uh, yeah, but He's He hand He handpicked you from the very beginning. Wow. 
And so, yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> he so had just, a plan and a purpose yeah. for you. So, <laughs> always has the plan. So go love your emotional feeler kid yeah. and just give him a big hug. And just remember. Your oldest. Yes, your yes, oldest Yes, your firstborn. Well. I mean, that, yeah. Go oh. after that one for sure. Spend extra time. And just a, just, a, I know we're wrapping up, but just a practical thing. What is something you wish we would have done with you as a kid practically? Like you said, I took you prom dress shopping. That yeah. was important yeah. to you. And so for, that's one of the things I was thinking of. Find those important things yeah. with that firstborn and make it be a big deal. And I think I learned, I did a lot better with the others than with you. Well, and I'm not, I'm not a quality time person, which is interesting to say because of all my siblings. I, it doesn't, quality time doesn't really matter to me, but feeling special does. So okay, I if, love if that. how I felt special was we need to go prom dress shopping or... We need to invite your friends over, or I need to call it out that you got an A++++ on whatever homework assignment you were doing, or just whatever it is, feel special, valued, worth it. It didn't matter to me what like language it was in, love language it was in. I just wanted that practical, like you're special and worth it. So. Love that. So what is it? You, so this is your this is your homework. Go out there. What are you gonna do for your firstborn child to make them help them be seen, known, loved, feel special? Yeah. Okay, now you can wrap it up. <laughs> well, and um, this this series is going to go on all summer. So this is number one. we got six more to go. We're super excited about getting having you get to know all our kids so you can get to know your kids best. Go be crazy, parents. Thanks, crazycoolfamily.com. Thank you, Molly. Thank you.